Did you know that most vitamin D3 supplements come from sheep's wool? Ew, seriously. They squeeze the grease out of the wool and process it with chemicals, and then you eat it. I'm Kat, mother of three and founder of Ritual, the company making traceability the new standard in the supplement industry. When I was pregnant, I got rid of products I didn't want anywhere near my body. I found that many multivitamins contained high amounts of heavy metals, synthetic colorants, and even lacked some of the nutrients we actually needed. So what did I do? At four months pregnant, I quit my job and started Ritual because all women deserve to know what they're putting in their bodies and why. Ritual's products are made traceable, meaning we share the science and sourcing for every single ingredient. For example, our vegan vitamin D3 comes from sustainably harvested lichen in Nottingham, England, not sheep. We trace like a mother because, let's be honest, no one cares quite like a mother. See for yourself with 25% off at ritual.com slash podcast. This is Cruise Radio. Those hurricanes are brewing out there. Don't forget travel insurance. Get a quote today at tripinsurance.com. Here we go. Broadcasting from the tripinsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida. This is Cruise Radio. How's it going? My name is Doug Parker. Thanks for checking out this episode of Cruise Radio. Very happy to have you here. A review of Royal Caribbean's Explorer of the Seas this week. Also, Richard Sims is here with Cruise News. Sherry Laskin is still trekking around Alaska. I think she'll be back next week, if I'm not mistaken. It could be the week after that, though. Uh, real quick here, before we get to Richard, Cruise Radio News, if you don't have it on um, Amazon Alexa or an Alexa-enabled device, you can subscribe to our Cruise Radio News podcast feed. It's separate from this one, but it's Monday through Friday updates. Just really quick 90-second news briefs. If you want to check that out, that is Cruise Radio News. Just type that in however you're listening to this, and it is a separate feed. All right, Richard Sims is here with Cruise News. Hey, Richard. Hey, Doug. Thanks for having me. So Galveston, Texas experienced some crazy flooding on Monday. What happened here? You know, weather happened, basically. Uh, You know, we're seeing more and more of that. You see extreme weather all the time. To me, what was really cool about this story was it sort of showed the indomitable spirit of cruisers. You know, they were going to get on that (laughs) ship come, well, literally come hell or high water because the water was high and they weren't going to stop. We saw, you know, the videos of people trudging through water up to their, like, like sometimes up to their knees and carrying their suitcases and just getting there any way they could. It's, it's a part of Texas that in this kind of weather does experience flooding. So it's not incredibly unusual, but this was a little extreme. But like I said, I think the cool thing was people were not going to let this dampen their spirit. They weren't going to let this keep them from getting on that ship. And by the way, shout out to KHOU reporter Josh Marshall. He was helping carry a 71-year-old woman's bag like almost a mile from the parking lot in knee-deep water to the cruise ship until someone else helped out. So a uh, good job, buddy. Yeah, yeah, that was pretty amazing. I mean, and and I like that uh, John Heald, upon seeing that, sort of uh, said on his page, I hope to see you someday on the ship and meet you, you know. Yeah. And, of course, people in, in response said, hey, give him a free cruise. Yeah, they totally should. So Carnival dismissed a dining rumor this week, which was... So basically, John Heald took to the Internet to because there was someone out there saying that according to a quote unquote inside source, they knew for a fact that beginning in December, Carnival, no, November, I think it was, that Carnival was going to be doing away with assigned dining time. You would now only have the your time dining option. I'm pretty sure that the reason that this happened and that the way this came up was 
Um, they are right now. John did confirm on his Facebook page. John Heald, the uh, uh, Carnival brand ambassador, did confirm on his Facebook page that they are doing a test on Carnival Horizon right now with the Carnival Hub app that would allow you to actually make your time dining reservations on the app. You know, as it is now, you have to go and you stand in line and you get a time and then you go back. And this would obviously make it a lot more convenient. Already, your time dining is becoming more and more popular. Um, it's, it's. There are still a lot of people who like the traditional dining, though, so they definitely are not getting rid of that. And and Carnival wanted to really make sure people knew that because, you know, that is that is a big selling point for some people. But it's safe to say that assuming the testing goes well on Carnival Horizon, they probably will roll out across the fleet the ability for you to make those reservations on the Hub app. And speaking of traditional dining, at this point, I mean, if you want better service, it's almost better to go to traditional than your time because so many people do your time these days. Well, yeah, and you can even see that fewer people are doing it because on several of the ships, especially the newer ones, the larger dining room is being dedicated to your time and the smaller dining room to assigned seating. Carnival Corporation just christened their largest ship to date. Details, please. Well, what's really cool about this, there's going to be a lot of eyes on the Aida Nova. Um, And not just because they have those really distinctive, beautiful um, hull art pieces. I think those are really cool. I love when I see them in New York City. But this is – all of the lines have been talking about and moving toward and commissioning ships being built with liquid, liquefied natural gas. And that is the world's cleanest burning fossil fuel. So this is the first ship that's actually being introduced that operates with that. Um, Carnival alone has 11 ships between now and 2025 across all of their various brands that are going to have um, LNG. So this is a really important development. I love it. It's kind of cool because this is not only a big leap forward for the cruise industry, but it sort of helps to address critics who take the industry to task for its impact on the environment. The ship isn't actually being delivered until I think it's November, but they wanted to christen the ship in in the German yard because it's a German ship. Norwegian Sun has completed her first Cuba season from Port Canaveral. What's next for her? Uh, well, she did 15 sailings. I think this is her 16th out of Port Canaveral to Cuba over the last few months. And now she's going to reposition over to Miami and she'll spend the rest of September and part of October doing seven day sailings that'll go to uh, Great Stirrup Key, Havana, Harvest Key, and Costa Maya. Then she's going to spend the winter uh, over in South America doing sailings and she'll come back to Port Canaveral starting again next April. So the Cuba sailings have been really successful for them. um, So they're going to pick those right up again next spring. And speaking of Port Canaveral, guests who are sailing on Carnival Cruise Line could soon be paying more to sail from the cruise port. Well, this is, you know, not a huge surprise. They did just spend a lot of money to um, upgrade and, you know, build this beautiful new terminal. And so, that cost has to come from somewhere. So not surprisingly, you know, the new contracts are going to call for a, a, a higher payment from Carnival. Uh, and this is probably, you know, while we're talking right now specifically about Carnival, this is something we're going to see more and more of in the next few years, because every time you turn around, you're reading about one of the lines building a new terminal somewhere. Well, those costs have to come from somewhere. I, frankly, I think that the cruise lines would be really smart 
to start folding in the port taxes and fees and all that right into the actual cruise cost. I've always thought they should do the same thing with the daily gratuities. You know, it really, for one thing, it'll cut down on the folks who complain about nickel and diming every time a cost goes up. If a cost is folded right in, you're not even going to be aware of that. So to me, you know, you could still, if you ask for it, you could still get the breakdown showing you how much it is. And, you know, you could do the math and figure out how much more you're paying this year than last year. At the end of the day, the increase is really only going to be like around a dollar or something like that per person. So it's not a huge increase, although it will probably go up in the coming years. Listener question comes from Carl. Carl sailing Norwegian Escape. He's a first-time cruiser sailing from New York City. He wants to know what time is the best time to embark. Well, Carl, I happen to have come to the right place. New York City is my home port. In fact, I'm doing the Escape in October myself. Really looking forward to it. Um, Norwegian... Like some of the other lines, when you are filling out your pre-cruise information, they'll offer you a variety of times. Now, sometimes it'll be preset. They'll just tell you, you know, show up at this time. Uh, But if you get the choice of times, I'm personally a big fan of morning. I like being there first thing in the morning. I like observing all the people. I like getting that low number so that I get on board as fast as possible and get to start my vacation. The one time I don't want to get there is like right around the middle of the day when when everybody on earth is there. You've got the long lines. You've got the long security lines. Everybody's kind of fed up and just ready for the ship to sail. If you can't be there first thing in the morning, then I'd say go a little bit closer to, you know, to the the embar- the the last embarkation time. You want to keep an eye on it. You don't want to cut it too close because, you know, you do have to be on board by a certain time. But if you go later in the day, you find that there's just no line. You just walk up and you get right on board. As a first-time cruiser, I would do it early in the morning just because, you know, you're excited. You want to get there. You want to get on that ship as soon as possible. I was also going to say with Norwegian, you want to get there early if you want that vibe pass too, correct? Oh, yeah. And uh, Escape is one of the ships that has the Vibe Pass. Look into it. There are two adult areas on the Norwegian Escape, the uh, Vibe Beach Club and Spice H2O. Spice H2O is free, but Vibe does come at a cost. I, I, I believe it's around $120 now for the week. And they only sell about 60 to 80 passes. So you really, you do. If you want that, you need to be there early because they sell out quick. Richard, thank you, man. Hey, thanks for having me. Always fun. If you have an Amazon Alexa-enabled device, ask her to enable the Cruise Radio News Skill so you can get daily updates anytime. Straight from Cruise Radio. When is your next cruise? Where are you going? And what are you going to do once you get there? Market-leading specialist CruisingExcursions.com offers savings up to 60% offshore excursions versus cruise line prices. Whether it's private, shared, scenic, historic, or family tours, CruisingExcursions.com has up to 12,000 excursions in over 700 ports worldwide, like Rome, Vatican City, St. Petersburg, Sydney, and Jamaica, just to name a few. You can even bundle your excursions for more savings. Make your next vacation affordable and unforgettable by visiting CruisingExcursions.com. We'd love to hear your comments. Email comments at cruiseradio.net. Jeff joins us after a seven-night Alaska cruise on Royal Caribbean's Explorer of the Seas. Hey, Jeff. Hey, Doug. How you doing? You just love those West Coast cruises, man. Last time y'all were in, what, Hawaii? We were. We uh, we took a break from Royal Caribbean, and we're on NCL Pride of America when we last spoke, and uh, it's hard to believe it's been a year. 
And, uh, yeah, this was another bucket list trip for us. So off to Alaska. Awesome. Let's do some pre-cruise thoughts. What made you want to take this seven-night Alaska sailing on Explorer? So I think we decided as a family, uh, we brought along my wife and three of my four boys, and uh, we're just trying to do these bucket list trips. So it was Hawaii last year, Alaska this year, and uh, we'll see where next year take us. But uh, it was... uh, it was a place to behold, that's for sure. I know you've been up there. So you make your way out to Seattle. Any pre-cruise time there? Uh, we flew in uh, the day before out of Chicago, pretty straightforward. We spent the night at Embassy Suites. Um, my brother lives out there. It was for Amazon, so we had an opportunity to catch up with him. Uh, again, highly recommend going the day before. And Seattle is a beautiful city. You make your way to the Pier to Embark Explorer. How was your embarkation process? Yeah, it was good. You know, the Embassy Suites was right downtown, so it was a 20-minute cab ride or so to get over to the port. And, uh, you know, we had heard some horror stories from people about Port of Seattle, but I got to tell you, we didn't experience them. It was probably uh, 30 minutes from drop-off, getting through, and then about 15, 20 minutes for them to clear the ship. And we were on the boat by 1040 and had a drink in hand, so uh, no complaints. Do you have any kind of loyalty status that gets you, like, priority embarkation with Royal? So we're gold. Um, next year, we're going to the ABC Islands, and that'll kick us up to platinum. So, we, you know, it was sort of a free-for-all, which is sort of strange. The Sweet Death didn't board first. It just got in line, and they were they had it set up pretty well that people were just flowing through two lines and, mm. you know, r- right through to uh, from security onto the boat. You walk on Explorer of the Seas. What were your first impressions? Yeah, it was nice. You know, we've been on the, the, uh, the Freedom class before, and this was our first time on the um, on the Voyager class. So, you know, 100 feet smaller, still the promenade. The boat was built in 2000, uh, but it, uh, it, I know it's going into dry dock next year, but it's, uh, it's keeping its age well, and uh, I think uh, Royal's doing a nice job of maintaining it. Uh, it felt like home. What's the first thing you did when you walked on the ship? <laughs> uh, what did I do? We went to the R bar and we got a drink. Uh, that go. always kicks off our uh, our vacation uh, drink in hand. So you, yeah, it's uh, it's sort of a limp tradition. Do you normally get a uh, a drink package? We do. Um, it's uh, Royal keeps changing their plan, and, and and this time it just happened to be that everybody in the room had to get it if one person did, which worked out fine. All my kids are drinking age, and. Uh, I think Royal might have lost money on us this cruise. <laughs> so uh, we, we were uh, – the R Bar was our favorite destination. Uh, quick call out to Jose, who's the bar manager there. I uh, just highly recommend if anybody can get the drink package, especially for this cruise, because you've got four sea days. Mm-hmm. Um, and even when you're in port, it's a long – it's not a very long stay. Um, so you can take advantage of the, uh, of the drinking opportunities. I interviewed someone a couple of weeks ago, and they mentioned that um, they were able to get the package for a 30% off if you buy it uh, pre-cruise. Was that kind of the same deal for you? It was. I bought it 30% off, and so we were probably in the 340 range or so mm-hmm. with tax, and one of my sons got it for 25 So, yeah, to your, uh, to your listeners, keep an eye on Royals promotions because to pay for it on the boat is just crazy because yeah. um, that's, a, that's a significant savings, and I think we I do it in a spreadsheet. I think if we had five drinks, we probably broke even on any given day. Oh, wow. Very nice. So uh, what kind of stateroom did you book, and what did you think of it? So typical Royal, we always get an outside balcony for my wife and I. We had uh, starboard side, standard room, you know, limited plugs, um, so definitely bring a strip. Plenty of storage under the bed and in the cabinets. Uh, it, it was sort of interesting. We always throw the boys into an inside cabin. We just don't spend a lot of time in there, but... For, you know, like Hawaii, Alaska, you want to have a balcony so you can look at the wildlife, and we'll talk about that in a bit. But two days before we left, 
Royal called me up and it came on my phone and it said Miami. I thought, oh, no, please don't tell me you're canceling the cruise. And crazy enough, they said, Mr. Limp, we're shuffling some uh, cabins around. And would your boys be interested for an upgrade? And I'm like, sure. Just want to make sure it's at no cost. She said, not at all. And they threw them from an inside to a, a port outside balcony. It was oh, wow. awesome. Yeah, very luck, lucked out there. Wow, that's not very. Um, <laughs> it never happens. No, yeah, it never happens. Or, yeah. or if it does, so. it's like uh, you know, for a hundred dollars per day per person or something like that. You know, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So the balconies worked out great. Um, the room had plenty of hot water. Great steward attendant. Can't say enough about the uh, the room and the uh, and the service we got. How about the space in the room? I think it was pretty good. You know, these are pretty traditional rooms, but a lot of storage room under the bed. Uh, you know, I like the way Royal sets up the, uh, the bathroom, plenty of cabinet storage space. So, you know, for the amount of time we spend in there, which is basically sleeping and changing, no complaints whatsoever. Let's talk about dining now and we'll start at the Windjammer Cafe. Yeah. So, you know, the Windjammer, I always tell people it's a buffet, right? So, um, I think the breakfast is better, you know, is good. Get, you know, key tip, get the made to order omelets. It's worth standing in line for. Uh, I thought lunch was better than breakfast in general, but, uh, you know, it is what it is. It's a buffet. Go up there, enjoy yourself, and then, you know, go off and do something else. And for the main dining room, what time dining did you have? Uh, so, you know, it was, this was sort of our only hiccup. We had booked 8 o'clock dining. Royal decided somehow, some way, without telling me that they were going to move us to my time dining. I was able to get it switched out and back to 8 o'clock. Um, so we had both the dinner package and the main dining room. And I think the main dining room, solid, great service. Uh, you know, we had the lobster, which was fantastic. The steaks were good. Um, so no complaints at all on the main dining room for dinner. I would say breakfast was at best okay and lunch was not good. We only did that one time. Uh, so, you know, if you're going to spend some time in the main dining room, suggest at least on this cruise, uh, the dinner's the way to go. And you mentioned you bought a specialty dining package that was like a group of restaurants for a set price. It was, yeah. So uh, I bought the three dinner specialty package. We had had some really good experience on Pride of America, so we thought we'd try it with Royal. So we did chops for steaks, which was really good. Uh, Giovanni's is their Italian restaurant. Their appetizers are rock solid. I think the entrees are just okay. And then Azumi, which is their sushi place. We did lunch and dinner. It's a la carte. Uh, but you get $35 credit for each person, and we came right around that. Uh, so that was pretty good. And they have a hot rock for people that don't really like sushi, which was very good. My son enjoyed it. So highly recommend getting a dinner package. As far as buying that package, did you find that it was a, uh, an overall a good deal when you take in the a la carte restaurants and the regular specialty restaurants? Absolutely. Uh, in fact, we went to Zumi for lunch one day, and that was on me. And had I bought the fourth, dinner package, I would have come out ahead. So at least on Royal, with some of their deals, again, booking well in advance, highly recommend getting the dinner package. How was the entertainment on board? So the shows were great. The entertainers, you know, fantastic talent. Uh, we went to a bunch of the game shows and the trivia, which are always a blast. Um, my kids saw the comedian, said was really great. Uh, the magician was good. Talked about the R bar. We did a martini, a scotch, and an old-fashioned uh, tasting. Uh, incremental cost, but totally reasonable. That was a blast. They had music, uh, both piano and a guitar in the schooner bar. And then, surprisingly, first time we've seen this, they had a four-woman quartet 
uh, violins and cellos that played on the promenade during the day and at night. And uh, so can't complain about the entertainment. The only difference is this is not a Caribbean cruise. Uh, so don't expect to see any entertainment up on the uh, up on the uh, on the deck itself. And you had a couple of sea days on this sailing. So how did the ship handle itself as far as crowds and congestion? You know, as expected, um, you know, promenade, the buffet, those are always crowded. But, uh, you know, it, it was surprising because typical Alaska weather is 52 and rainy. And we got high 70s, low 80s the entire trip. So I think a lot of people that would typically be inside the boat migrated all over the ship, watching the wildlife, going up on the pool deck. Um, and so I think it handled it really well. I mean, if you really want to get away from the crowds, go up to the solarium pool. The jacuzzis got a lot of use. Um, you know, a lot of le- less activities at the main pool area. Uh, but one thing to note is the library surprisingly gets a ton of use. Just people, you know, going down there to play games. So if you're a, if you're a game player, suggest you bring a deck of cards or a Scrabble, you know, uh, whatever your game of choice, because uh, it's a lot of fun just to sit in there and enjoy it. I know how some cruise lines open up restricted areas when the ship is sailing in Alaska just for like observation and to check out the wildlife. Did they do that on Explorer at all? They do. And this is this class has the helicopter pad um, and it was open. Uh, and, you know, people were on 11, on 12 up front in the rear, you know, we spent most of our time up top or in our, uh, on our balcony. Uh, so it handled it really well. I think people never were really jockeying for an opportunity to see the, what literally is some of the most beautiful land I've ever seen in my life. Did you notice any kind of smoke issues when you were hanging around, um, around the casino? Uh, yeah, I did. And I have asthma. And so I'm pretty aware of it. I, I think it was just, you know, the typical casino. I'm a huge fan of just Stop the smoking on boats, but that's mine. That's me. Um, and as you went into the schooner bar with the butts, the casino, mm-hmm. um, you could smell it a little bit there. Um, I, it, you know, it, it is what it is until they change that rule. I think if you know you're going to go through the uh, casino, you're going to get some smoke. You know, Norwegian on Norwegian Bliss has done a really good job of making like the smoking area kind of um, yeah, like aquarium-like, I guess you would say, like some okay. airports have. Yeah, but it's actually, yeah. you can't smell smoke at all anywhere in the casino. I love it. It's amazing. Um, but then again... I, I hope I hope Royal will do that. I really yeah, do. But you can't please everybody, I guess, right? Um, right, exactly. Yeah, so let's talk about the ports you hit. So, um, you know, we'll just go through each port and just give sure. us a highlight from each one. Absolutely. So we started, uh, you're going up the sound uh, into Juneau, which is the capital of Alaska, uh, we p- picked the number one excursion, which is the Mendenhall Glacier. Great waterfalls, just gorgeous. And then you couple that with whale watching. Uh, if you haven't been to Alaska, it is something to see. The scenery is to die for. Uh, we saw humpback whales, pods of orcas, which is actually somewhat unusual in that area, harbor seals, bald eagles, and salmon. The salmon were running. So uh, a must-do when you hit to Juneau is to uh, see the glacier and see the wildlife. Very nice. Now, what was the export of call? Uh, Skagway. So Skagway is the uh, port of disembarkation for the gold rush. It's a very small town. There's a lot of jewelry stores. Um, Just to keep that in mind, don't expect you're going to get into some huge town. Uh, We did the White Pass and Yukon Railway trip, which is the the way they got up to the Klondike. Highly recommend it. Two hours, 120 bucks a person. Fantastic pictures. And then in the afternoon, we did a Zodiac boat wildlife tour. Uh, which was a lot of fun as well. Uh, and the one thing I'd mentioned for Skagway is downtown, 
which is literally about two blocks long. The National Park Service has a Klondike Gold Rush Museum, which is an absolute must-see. You'd be shocked uh, what the people did back in the day when they were trying to find gold. Highly recommend. Did you grab any seafood by chance while you were out there? You know, we didn't. Um, there are a couple of places in each of the major towns, but um, and we saw people eating there. You know, what's interesting is that the price up there isn't a whole lot less than it is anywhere else. But Mm -hmm. we did see some of the king crab. And I think, Doug, you did it when you were up there. It was the biggest king crab legs I've ever seen in my life. And I think it was probably 25 or 30 bucks um, to get, uh, you know, a couple of those. So you did Juno, you did Skagway. Where else did you go? So then uh, you head through the Inland Passage and uh, they do a 360 to go look at the glaciers, uh, which is amazing. And then we head down to Victoria, B.C. Uh, we did the city tour, Buchart Gardens and the tea service, which are gorgeous. Anybody that's been to Vancouver and has seen the Van Dusen Botanical Garden, it's very similar to that. You know, really pretty didn't take very long. It's about 45 minutes outside the city. And Victoria is beautiful. It reminds me of San Diego in terms of the weather. Uh, they said the average home price there is a million dollars. So if you can <laughs> afford it, it's a nice place to move to. They're really good. They have, I guess, like a Chinatown over there. Yeah, uh, they do. Really good food yeah. over there, too, in Victoria. love that place. So you make your way yeah, back beautiful. to Seattle. How was your debark? Yeah, we do self-assist. We learned from experience. We probably were off the boat at 640. And we were in the limo, you know, within 10 minutes. Uh, The one thing to keep in mind is absolutely make sure you have your passport because you're going to look for as you get on and as you get off as you as you clear the boat. But debark could not have been easier. Uh, I want to ask you a a couple of questions here going back to your cruise for a moment. How was the cruise director? He was good. My wife liked him more than I did. He was Finnish. You know, he had a really strong assistant cruise director as well. He did a lot of the entertainment, the stuff that I didn't see that my wife and I kids do and said he was hilarious. So I think in general, uh, you know, my wife would say he was fantastic. And did you buy a Wi-Fi package? So my kids did. We weren't going to, but they were running a special. Probably could have gotten cheaper if I bought it in advance. The Wi-Fi was slow. Mm -hmm. uh, So just be aware of it. I think that was a combination of maybe Vroom isn't running as fast on that one as it is on some of the newer boats and being in Alaska. You know, it's it is you are literally in the middle of nowhere. So be patient if you want to bring. Don't even think about doing video um, because it's just not going to work. But if you need to bring down the paper or just, you know, check messages, you can do it. Any first time tips for um, taking a cruise on Royal Caribbean's Explorer of the Seas? Yeah, a couple. Uh, First off, do it. Uh, whether it's on, you know, Norwegian or whatever sailing up there, uh, bring your passport, you know, put your phones in airplane mode. You definitely don't want to get hit with a $500 bill when you hit Canada. I was able to get a day pass. Absolutely bring a good pair of binoculars and a camera. Book a balcony. You are going to see whales, um, literally. Book the excursion as early as you can. These are really small towns. And like my wife decided a week before we were going to go, she wanted to go see the dog mushing. And I had booked all our excursions six months in advance. And they are just full. You know, the sailing season is literally only four months. So if you don't book them early, you're just not going to get the packages. Get a drink package. It's, there's four sea days. Dress in layers. You can assume it's going to be all times of weather. So, you know, we got lucky. We got the 80 degrees, but that's not normal. So plan for some winter uh, climate. Um, And then one hidden gem. Uh, There is a jacuzzi, a steam room, and a sauna and showers in the spa. There's no cost. There's no people. So if you're looking for a relaxing break away from everybody, take advantage of it. Very good. What was the biggest highlight of this cruise for you? 
you know, bar none, it was the land. You know, people have asked me, how was it? And it, there's no words to describe it. I mean, we have pictures. You know, it is a beautiful land. It's a bucket list trip. I don't know that we'd go back having seen it. But if you book the trip, and it's not cheap, you're going to pay a premium price just like you do for Hawaii. But it will not disappoint. Take advantage of the uh, the beautiful scenery and the wildlife in Alaska. Final thoughts of Explorer of the Seas. Get on a cruise, head to Alaska, don't wait. A big question we get at Cruise Radio is, how do I know if I need trip insurance? Simple answer, if you're getting on a plane, taking a road trip, or getting on a cruise ship, you need to have travel insurance. Hey, it's Doug Parker for my friends at TripInsurance.com. Not not only does TripInsurance.com protect your vacation investment, but it also gives you a peace of mind in case anything were to go wrong on your trip. How do they do it? They offer three different types of trip insurance policies. Good, better, and best. One policy for every vacation budget. But it doesn't just stop there. They're up to 40% lower when you shop around on other comparison sites. Plus, TripInsurance.com offers 24-hour customer support before, during, and after your trip, online claims assistance, and travel alerts to let you know what's going on at your destination. But find out for yourself. Check out TripInsurance.com. Let's see what we've got for you. Cruise Radio is produced weekly in Jacksonville, Florida. For partnership opportunities, email Doug at cruiseradio.net. Hear Cruise Radio on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, the Stitcher Radio Network, Google Play, or at cruiseradio.net. I'm your announcer.